Hello, everybody. Episode 115. I feel like I have been lost. A man without a country, if you will. Jack without a wooden door as I sink into the abyss of the Arctic water. I feel like Scotty without an engine room as the Enterprise is aflame as it burns into and evaporates into the atmosphere and reentry into the atmosphere. I feel... I am Aragon without my sword. I have missed you more than I can say. It's been four days since I've recorded, and it's not from a lack of trying. By the way, I want to tell you, I'm going to digress. These, first of all, are called birth control glasses, and I'll never wear them, and they're horrible. But there's one thing that they do that's incredible, and I, first of all, Everything's reflective. I mean, it's kind of cool. It looks like CGI, but it also looks like birth control glasses. And I guess that's a good thing as a 46-year-old male who doesn't want any kids. Shooting blanks anyway, I'm sure, folks. A little bit too personal. But these glasses, extremely reflective and cool, right? I mean, that neat? Well, why is that? Well, these are actually called blue blockers. And no, I don't have an advertising commercial for you. I don't even have any sponsors yet, and I wish Brian would get off the schneid and start sponsoring my show. I want 100 bucks a month. That's all I want in order to pay for more advertising. But anyway, my daughter, I've been getting headaches, and my eyesight is ridiculous. I can shoot a tick or a flea off a tick's ass from, I don't know, 150 yards, and I'll see it. I've got sight. I could be a pilot, no problem. And my close-up is fantastic as well. I can read. I can see the monitor, everything else micro text, whatever, no problem. It's literally at the five foot range only with digital stuff. So I, I, I'm prescribed contacts and glasses. I don't wear either ever. I, I've, I get them every year and I never wear them because it's only when I'm on a computer monitor or playing video games that I get horrible eyesight headaches like right here. So my daughter, all 10 years old of her and her wisdom of beyond her years says, daddy, get blue blockers. Now, blue blockers from when I was younger, if you remember, are like the the giant Terminator glasses, which I'll link a picture. Horrendous. And I'm like, I'm not wearing those, sweetheart. I haven't dilated my eyes today. And she goes, no, 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 dad, blue blocker glasses. And I'm like, I'll try anything once. Well, that's not true, but at least that you know of. And I go on Amazon and they're $10. Now, these are the female version because they were going to arrive the quickest, and I'll just send them back because that's the beauty of Amazon, costing Jeff Bezos money, ordering it, trying it, knowing that I'm going to send it back for free. Why not? So I'm going to give my wife these. The most amazing thing ever. In fact, if I didn't look so ridiculously stupid and poindexter with these on, I would wear them in the show because literally the blue haze and phase and the glitter and the twick, the little, I don't know, the flicker is gone and it actually smooths the screen out like you're wearing glasses the trade-off is you have to look like a complete dork so we're not going to do that so i've ordered a pair more my style and i still won't wear them when i'm doing the show but i will tell you no headache completely clear hours looking at the screen speaking of hours 72 hours i spent recovering my imac About a month ago, I lost my backup hard drive. Now, I am an Apple guy. And all my Apple people who watch, including Matthew Carlson, hey, Maddie, will tell you that I am a good Apple guy. 
I have my backup of my backup. It's like I'm there. My main backup died, crashed about a month ago. And I told my boss, Brian, who's too cheap to advertise on my show, hey, Brian, I need a new computer. And he's like, bro, let's just wait till quarter two. We got a lot going out in advertising. You know the drill. I'll buy you the best computer ever. I'm like, okay. So I upgrade to a little iPad and I start using that predominantly. But for my editing, I'm using my, my laptop goes away and I'm using my iMac. And this is like a seven-year-old iMac. Fantastic, mind you. Fantastic iMac. Still smoking. I mean, that's what's great about Apple. You buy it, it lasts you 15 years. They just last forever. <sighs> Except when iCloud, which has nothing to do with my Macs, hard drive and backup drive kaputs in all my stuff, gone, poof. Don't unfriend me, Valor, previous jobs, whatever. All my digital, gone in a heartbeat. No idea why. It was a backup setting, pushed the wrong setting, dropped them on my desktop, shut the Mac down, knowing that I'm going to move it down to my office in D.C. to get a new uh, small Mac mini, turn on that Mac mini, click the button the opposite way on that Mac mini, mirrored the cloud, mirrored my drive, and said... It's gone and did not back it up. If I would have just turned that iMac back on, I could have Alt-Z'd out or uh, Control-Command-Z'd out and got it all back. But alas, once I did that with the Mac Mini, it was gone forever because Macs all talk to each other. Do one thing on a Mac, every Mac is impacted. So folks, why do I tell you all this? Because I have had to recreate the entire show. Everything you're going to see here is all brand new and had to recut. And that is why last night I got in front of the computer and ultimately looked something like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia with a little bit more hair. I was dead. As Brian said, you look like shit. Thank you, Brian. Brian, I've mentioned you three times in this show. Either we're becoming way too close or I need separation. I might need a vacation from my boss. Folks, this is Don't Unfriend Me. Thank you for coming by. We're going to have a fun show tonight. We're going to talk about a few things, as always. And the first thing we're going to talk about is Joe Biden's promises. Five promises that he has not kept and it's been over 30 days. It's been a lot longer than that. It's time to getting very close to the 90-day mark, if not already. I have to see. 21st. Yeah, we're close. We're really close. We're like 11 days away. So I want to go ahead and, and show you the five things that he's promised that he has not kept his word on. I want to talk a little bit about advertising. It's my job, after all. I'm sales and marketing. So I do a lot of marketing and sales, and it's essentially the same thing. Although most companies usually have a marketing VP or sales director or a sales VP or a marketing director. There are some companies that do both of them at the same time and it's becoming a multifaceted role. And it's one that's very important. It gives you almost 75% responsibility of a company or the channel. And it's, it's fun. And I love doing it. I love marketing. I think it's fantastic. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do on the planet. So thank God, because that's my job. We're going to talk about that tonight. And we're going to talk about a very, interesting tactic by Burger King that's been replicated throughout history. And it was done so perfectly, I want to give them credit. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Biden uh, yet again, and I will show you the correlation between that and what we're going to talk about. So that's the show for tonight. The cool thing that I find interesting is that Apple is advertising their new phone all over the place. You've seen this thing, this blue three dot camera, IR flash, whatever, whatever, iPhone Pro Max, Colorado Avalanche on the front cover, 12 Apple phone. Once again, this is not a commercial for Apple, even though we've talked about them twice. But you've heard that they're advertising their, their phone and they're saying that it is the most powerful four inches ever. And I can't believe those bastards stole my slogan. 
recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. So I didn't tell you what was cool is that out of that whole story about my computer and backing up is I went up getting a new iMac top of the line this year, 128 gigs of Ram, a quadraponic blau punk ball bearing swamp gas from Venus, all of that type of stuff. And it is scream. It's, it's awesome. I mean, the video capture alone is worth it. You notice that the capture will be lag free tonight. Hopefully the, the audio will sync up with the video. In fact, I think I put a 10 second delay and I need to take that off because that's how quick the computer's working. So I had a 10, 10 millisecond delay on the old one. So I see right now that my voice is lagging just a bit. Now, if I'm quick, I might be able to come in here and, uh, override that if I am slick. So folks, what are we talking about tonight? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, those things that we talked about earlier, which I already listed And there. My mic is looking much better, but I still think it needs no lag. I digress. We can't do this in the middle of the show. Folks, who am I? My name is Matt Spear. I'm with Don't Unfriend Me. It is so good to be back. I'm so excited to talk about a bunch of stuff that really means nothing and get you excited about a bunch of stuff that means nothing. Please do me a favor right here. You can uh, join us on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram. We hit 10,000 followers while I was away, and I am so happy to do that. What a huge accomplishment for the team of Don't Unfriend Me, which basically is me, myself, and I. No, those are not my pronouns. That is just a one-man team who's doing this show. I have to, to take care of this, uh, this, this mic one more time. It's driving me crazy. Let's see if this will help. No delay on the mic. Will this Mac be able to process it? And folks, it can, and it's looking pretty good now standing let's get to it we have some time on the clock and i want to talk to you a little bit about mr biden and some of the things that he has done with his promises and remember biden was supposed to be different joe biden was the great white hope a man that's been in office since god was a corporal 46 some odd years without doing anything almost as long as i've been alive but somehow he was the one. Remember the diversity that the Democrats scream after and said, we need to find a diverse candidate, someone who represents all of us. And we need to see a female, black, brown, any color except white old men. We can't have that anymore. So who do we see in the end? Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden. Wow, what a field of diversity there, folks. As President Biden enters his second month in office, closer to his third now, Americans now have the opportunity to compare his rhetoric on the campaign trail with his actions in the Oval Office. With his administration's policies and priorities coming into focus, much of the president's past rhetoric already appears out of line. And wow, what could we expect from a politician? His governance as well. Here are the five pre-inauguration promises or positions that President Biden has seemingly abandoned since taking office. Incarcerating children at the southern border. Oh, how horrible. We were all so afraid of these 500 children who were incarcerated. And oh, the terror. 
Although more understated than the first, the second presidential debate between then-President Trump and Joe Biden was quickly filled with tension as each candidate traded blows, particularly on the topic of immigration and the migrant crisis at the southern border. You remember also the cages that Joe Biden and President Obama created. Yet the media from 2014 said it was Donald Trump, which is interesting considering that he was probably sleeping with a prostitute at the time, allegedly. They got separated from their parents. That makes us a laughingstock and violates every notion of who we are as a nation, Biden scolded while referring to Trump's handling of migrant children at the southern border. Throughout the evening and the campaign as a whole, Biden made his opposition to migrant children being temporarily detained crystal clear. That all changed when he took office on February 22nd, just over a month after his inauguration. The Biden administration reopened a camp for migrant children children in Carrazzo Springs, Texas, which was used most recently in 2019 by who other than President Trump and his administration. Members of the president's own party condemned the decision with Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying, this is not okay. Never has been okay. Never will be okay, no matter what the administration or who or the party in a tweet on February 23rd. And if you haven't watched her tirade on video, it's fantastic. It looks like a bad porno. It's horrible. The acting is horrendous, but she tries. The 66-acre facility is being reopened to temporarily hold as many as 700 migrant children, aged 13 to 17. Deportations throughout the 2020 election, Biden made his fair share of immigration policy promises, most notably regarding the deportation of illegal immigrants. Quote, I will send to the desk immediately a bill that requires access to citizenship for 11 million undocumented folks. Number one. Number two, the first 100 days of my administration, no one, I mean no one, will be deported at all. From that point on, the only deportations that will take place are commissions of felonies in the United States of America, Biden said during a Democratic debate in March of 2020. However, since taking office, the Biden administration has continued deporting thousands of individuals attempting to cross the border illegally. According to United, we dream the largest youth-led immigrant community in the county as of February 16th, 2021. The Biden administration had conducted a total of 26,248 deportations. Naughty, Joe, naughty. You're taking the place of President Obama, who also deported more people than who went to Disneyland. 2,000 checks throughout, $2,000 checks is also something that we heard, right? The $2,000 promise every person in America will get not 40 acres and a mule, but $2,000 checks throughout the 2020 election. President Biden campaigned on the promise that he would pass a COVID relief bill, which sent $2,000 stimulus checks to American families. 600 is simply not enough when you have to choose between paying rent or putting food on the table. We need $2,000 stimulus checks when we need to decide between putting food on the table, paying rent, and then maybe paying our phone bill. He didn't say the last part. Biden said on January 10th in a tweet a week earlier while campaigning for John Osef and Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Biden promised that if the duo won their respective Senate races, it would put an end to the block in Washington of that $2,000 stimulus check. That money will go out the door immediately. However, since taking office, Biden has quickly moved on from the idea, now saying families will receive at most $1,400, depending upon their income, depending upon their income being absolutely one of the largest prerequisites, $75,000 and more, and you're FUQ'd, folks, not even a partial partial payment. So if you prosper in America, if you do well in America and you actually work, you're punished. Why? Because fuck you. That's why. Press Secretary Jen Psaki, oh, she's back, attempted to defend the flip-flop, saying 
There was $600 payments, as you know, in the $900 billion package that passed in December. This is $1,400. Together, that's $2,000. That is probably the only credit Donald Trump will ever receive inadvertently from the Biden administration. So it would be delivering on the promise he made. And it's something that he is firmly sticking by. (sighs) Literally 70 million Biden supporters were like, yeah, yeah, that's right. 600 plus 14 is 2000. Of course he kept his promise. Are you shitting me? While on the campaign trail, Biden made it clear that $2,000 stimulus checks were a top priority, not 1400 And nowhere do we hear anything about the 600 That's like Mexico's going to pay for the wall. What a whopper. Speaking of whoppers, we'll talk about Burger King in a minute. Nowhere in that promise did he mention it would be combined with last year's check. Of course not, because he's a politician and a douchebag. $15 minimum wage, one of Biden's most oft-repeated promises through the 2020 election, was that under his administration, the federal minimum wage would be raised to $15 an hour, destroying small businesses across the country. Of course it would. Cutting hours and losing jobs. If you've run a small business, if you've been a part of small business, and I've been a part of one for the last two and a half years, I will tell you two businesses that were small businesses, raising to $15 an hour hour would kill any income between $1.5 and $2 million businesses and below, period. Destroy them. They can't afford the payroll that they already have. The margins are too small. The cusp and the precipice of these $1.5 to $2 million businesses and below are living by the skin of their teeth with COVID. And some who are even driving four to $5 million are doing the same. The American dollar isn't what it used to be, and a million dollars certainly isn't what it was in the yesteryear. If passed, this would be the first time the federal government has changed the minimum wage since 2009. When we build back better. (laughs) Oh, I love how they pander. When you build back better, we will do so with higher wages, including a $15 minimum wage, better benefits, and stronger collective bargaining rights that you can raise a family on. That's how we will build back the middle class better than ever. Biden said in a tweet on November 16th, which wasn't Biden at all because he doesn't know how to tweet because he's a twat. November 16th of 2020. However, just six weeks into his first term, the Biden administration was already seemingly walked away from that idea. On February 25th, the Senate voted against allowing a mandatory $15 federal minimum wage requirement in their $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill. Relief until we have to pay for it. Since the Senate conducted its vote, President Biden has shown little interest in using executive action to push the wage mandate through, but anything else has been fine. Middle Eastern airstrikes, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Under former President Trump, the United States conducted a small number of airstrikes in the Middle East, including the 2020 assassination of the infamous Iranian General Qassem Soleimani in Iraq. And the 2017 airstrikes on bases in Syria following chemical attacks against rebel forces. At the time, prominent figures from the recently elected Biden administration were quick to condemn the former president and his actions. Quote, the last thing we need is another war in the Middle East, Biden said on January 5th, 2020, regarding Soleimani's assassination. The 2017 airstrikes in Syria were met with backlash from Press Secretary Jen Psaki and Vice President Kamala Harris. I strongly support our men and women in uniform, and I believe we must hold Assad accountable for his unconscionable use of chemical weapons. But 
Here's the butt, the butt sandwich. It doesn't work. But I am deeply concerned about the legal rationale for last night's strikes. Against a sovereign nation. They forgot that quote. Against a sovereign nation, really. Syria. Okay. Kamala Harris said in a tweet, Jen Psaki also questioned Donald Trump's legal authority to launch the 2017 strikes in Syria. What is the legal authority for strikes? Assad is a brutal dictator, but Syria is a sovereign country, she said in the 2017 tweet. There's the sovereign country as well, because Democrats get all their talking points from the same head wizard of Oz. Despite Biden, Harris and Saki's previous rhetoric against such strikes on February 25th, roughly a month after taking office, President Biden authorized an airstrike in Syria targeting Iranian-backed militia groups. Biden did not consult with Congress before launching the strikes, resulting in a barrage of legal questions and heavy backlash from multiple Democratic lawmakers. These are just some of the promises that Joe Biden has not kept, and I don't expect him to keep any other of his promises. His executive orders are still ringing through the halls somewhere with the Big Bang, and the impact that he is having on our economy will most certainly create a bubble that will drop. And I do believe that Donald Trump has left him an economy that can sustain most of the blows in the short term. But the long term is gas prices will go up, the housing market will crash, banks will go ahead and foreclose, airlines will shut down, and small businesses will continue to absolutely drop into the toilet until we find the proper relief and the proper value for what these companies actually bring to the middle bone of America. However, as you will hear in the second half of this, New York and California are firmly locked for the next 50 years as essentially he wiped away their debt in one fell swoop of the pin, securing him the next election if he truly wants it or is alive. And I'll go into that in a second. Burger King, have it your way right away. Whether it was effective viral marketing strategy or just plain sexist, Burger King UK is under fire for tweeting on International Women's Day. Women belong in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. Is my applause working? Did I set it up? I don't know if that came in, but if it didn't, I'll add it. Yes. Yes. See, that's funny. If it was about men, I would. I don't care. But I am so proud of Burger King because this is a very, very intelligent way to get attention. And I'll explain it. The tweet definitely drew the desired attention, but Burger King's ensuing tweets explained the message was intended to bring awareness to its scholarship program for aspiring women chefs. Burger King UK's three tweet series began in honor of International Women's Day. Women belong in the kitchen. Adding later, if they want to, of course. Yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. Hashtag IWD. And concluding, we are very proud to be launching a new scholarship program which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. Despite the explanation of the program designed to lift up women instead of diminishing them, it did not stop cancel culture from coming for Burger King. One offended, professed boycotter who called herself an angry feminist, is there any other kind, tweeted, I won't be eating at your store again, thanks. You don't eat meat anyway, ass bag. Actress Chelsea Peretti tweeted, Burger King belongs in a trash can. Adding, because it's not good food, Burger King UK stood behind its original tweet in a statement posted to Twitter. Why would we delete a tweet that's drawing attention to a huge lack of female representation in our industry? We thought you would be on board with this as well. We've launched a scholarship to help give more of our female employees a chance to pursue a culinary career. This literally came seconds after the posts. 
They knew what they were doing, and I love them for it. Burger King, you go boy. Or girl. You can be a king and be a girl. Or is that a queen? It doesn't matter. I'm excited for Burger King. Their food has been so stale and bland and been the same crappy menu for 25 years. This is the most original thing that they've had on their menu in that time. A little bit of sexism with a side of ketchup and some pickles, please. Some pickles and and pickles and Jesus and pickles. Anybody heard the Dane Cook skit about drive-thru? Go listen to it. You'll understand it. I want to give credit to Dane because he steals everybody else's material, and I'm not going to do it. The folks, folks, the, the whole reason for this is simple. This allows you to get marketing after marketing. And I know, bear with me. This is a tactic that was actually instilled by Jerry Delafamina. And Jerry Delafamina is a hero of mine. Why? Because my father taught me about him. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what he did, give you a little history on him, and then explain the two commercials that lived in infamy, very similar to Pearl Harbor. You may have heard this story. I love Jerry Delafamina because he is absolutely a free thinker. He was the Steve Jobs of advertising. He came up with the most unbelievably non politically correct comments ever in advertising and he was a genius he had more stuff that didn't play than did and all of it would have been successful burger king did just that not only did they initially get blown up by the cancel culture trend on twitter but then once they went ahead and got their story out nobody would care if they said listen we're gonna go ahead and give little spot a fourth leg after he lost his leg by being hit by a train everyone's like yeah whatever But if they went ahead and said, all dogs are in our burgers, people would flip out. But then they follow up with a tweet, in spirit, as every single burger is made with love, just like our love for puppies. What's wrong with you people? What do you mean? I didn't. That's what they're doing. They're playing stupid and people are lapping it up. And originally their tweet wouldn't have gotten and garnished any attention, garnered any attention. But by doing this and making it about sexism and making it politically incorrect and then following up and backpedaling, it makes the cancel culture look stupid. So now Democrats are going to share it. Republicans are going to share it. And everybody's seen it, which is fantastic. This derived from Jerry Delafamina from 1936. He's an American advertising executive and restaurateur. He was at least. Starting from a poor Italian background in Brooklyn, he eventually became chairman of Delafamina Travisano and Partners, an agency which he founded with Ron Travisano in the 1960s. Over the next two decades, they grew the company into a major advertising house that was billing $250 million per year and had 300 employees and offices in both New York and Los Angeles. Delafamina is known for his larger-than-life personality and colorful language and was referred to as a madman of Madison Avenue. In 1970, he wrote a book about the advertising industry humorously titled From Those Wonderful Folks Who Gave You Pearl Harbor, one of my favorite books ever. Frontline Dispatches from the Advertising War. The book became a bestseller described by The Guardians as one of the defining books about advertising and eventually inspired the television series Mad Men. Now, before I get to Dell's story, I want to talk a little bit about what this whole story was about. I was on the phone going fast forward with a Jeep marketer. And this is a very high-level Jeep marketer. I'm not going to go into who it is because anonymity is important. But let me just say this person in Jeep makes decisions for the entire globe. Very, very important human being. And here's the thing. 
they made this commercial with Bruce Springsteen. It was the best commercial. 91.6 million people watched this. And then 35 million people watched it again for almost a month. Why? Well, between the time that they aired that commercial, we found out that, and after, that Bruce Springsteen had a few pops in a national park. Now, later we found out that, honestly, it was one drink. It wasn't that big of a deal. He wasn't even cited. And they weren't even actually supposed to report it because it happened in a national park and it didn't happen within a city or a state ordinance. It should never even been disclosed to the media. And charges were dismissed, and I think it's fine. I mean, Bruce Springsteen has been in the industry for a hell of a long time, and the only thing he, he did was put his sausage in a place, the breakfast plate that wasn't his own. But here's the thing, is that this commercial was so profoundly done. It was amazing, and 91.6 million people agreed it was the greatest commercial of the Super Bowl. But then they got to milk that commercial, while another 35 million people saw it almost every day on CNN and Fox News, they, the marketing endorsed the marketing. And because it was seen and so powerful, when you add the negative press to it, you get the best of both worlds. You had the Republicans who actually like Bruce Springsteen, minus his politics, and the Democrats who don't necessarily like Bruce Springsteen but love his politics. Both sides came out to either defend or condemn Bruce Springsteen. And all the while, Jeep said, we're pulling the ad. We're stepping back. We're stepping back until we know more. And released it to all the media as they played their million-dollar for 30 seconds commercial for free. As my Jeep source, who I cannot quote, says, man, we're willing to go ahead and sit on this for for until the cows come home. We're hoping this lasts a year. We're hoping some other stuff pops up because it's ultimately free marketing. And this is the great idea that Burger King had. And I promise you they got it from Delphamina, but also what they saw from Jeep. And it makes sense. Sometimes bad press is good press. Now, let me tell you the story about Delphamina when it comes to wonderful folks who brought you Pearl Harbor. They're sitting in a New York Manhattan sky rise. Now, Jerry Delphamina also created an amazing commercial about spud bugs. You've heard of spud bugs. They're the Volkswagen Beetle. We remember the Volkswagen Beetle, not the new one and all the beautiful gadgets, but the old ones that my grandma drove that made the in the engine. It was horrible. But it was an amazing German manufacturing. They lasted forever, and they're still on the road today, and those engines were great. They were horrible because they looked horrible, and ultimately, they were not that good in a crash. But they were amazing vehicles. But what he did as an advertising commercial is took one bug and put another bug behind it and had it mounted in a sexual position. And and all it said was uh, ladybugs and male bugs. That was it. It didn't get air. But that's one, can you imagine, in a beautiful newspaper, ladybugs and male bugs, literally two cars humping. Is it fantastic? And it's actually looked like two ladybugs in the wild. A great commercial. Alas, never saw the air. Here's another one that did it. Panasonic was coming in. Nikon, Fuji, Canon. They were all making their push into the United States. Japanese technology was taking over at this time. So I want you to imagine this Manhattan building up on a floor looking over the skyline full of smoke and probably scotch inside glasses and tumblers as ties were completely undone, as people had sweat stains under their arms, as they were sitting in a room for 26 hours straight and takeout food was everywhere. Probably Japanese food. How ironic. And... They were trying to pitch this new Japanese company that was coming into the United States known as Panasonic, which was from Japan. 
Now, a lot of these other companies had Korean influence, China's influence, Taiwan influence, but Japan was coming with Panasonic, and this was before the Sony days. And as they wanted to enter, they used uh, Delphamina's wonderful agency, as most people did. And as they went around the horn and ideas were passed around about Japan, and remember, this was not too far removed from Pearl Harbor and the attack of the Japanese on Pearl Harbor, we're looking at still fresh in the memories, just like 9-11 is for us. It's still raw. And during that time in the 60s, it was too. And as everyone's coming up in this think tank is throwing out ideas and they're getting shot down like, like Duck Hunt in the Nintendo, Del Femina finally, with a resound gap, says, I, under, I know what the tagline's going to be for Panasonic. And everybody listens and they're like, yes, what is it going to be? And he says with a little sly smirk on his face from the wonderful folks who brought you Pearl Harbor, Panasonic. That wasn't aired also. And in my opinion, it is one of the most fantastic ads ever made. It is offensive. It is rude. It is horrible. Everybody was pissed off by it. But in the end, it was a marketing of a marketing commercial. The original comment would get laughs, but it would tick people off all over the country because of the scars of Pearl Harbor. But then again, attention, even bad attention, would be good, and Panasonic lived in infamy and is still around today, kinda. And that commercial probably would have destroyed their company before it began. But in a time of 27 hours of trying to kick around an idea like a bad mule or a bad can, I think it added the levity that was needed in the room. And that is the genius of Delphamina. Biden deficit in California and New York. Joe Biden decided that the middle of the country, that the oil-rich countries, that the military communities didn't necessarily need the money or the small businesses. Among the beneficiaries of the Biden Coronas relief, remember the relief stimulus bill? After he signs it in the law, will be the most fiscally irresponsible states at the expense of the mostly fiscally responsible. I want to say that again. Basically, the people who suck and can't get their states under control, California and New York, who have economies pretty much in the top five in the entire world, can't balance their budgets and are bleeding money because they're a welfare state. All the other states who are prominent and doing well and can balance their budget into a surplus are going to have to pay for these asshat states that can't get it together. These two states have seen a massive exodus of citizens and businesses due to their high taxes and spending, among many other issues, will secure $23.5 billion in funding from the stimulus. The funding is enough to cover all of New York's budget deficit, with Governor Cuomo saying in January that $15 billion would be enough to resolve their budget deficit for this year and next. And they're not the only ones. The liberal mecca of San Francisco, in particular San Francisco stands to have two years' worth of their budgetary problems erased at your expense, as the San Francisco Chronicle reported. The federal stimulus package likely to be signed by President Biden this week will erase the majority of San Francisco's projected $650 million budget deficit over the next two years, saving City Hall from having to make painful service cuts and layoffs for now. While the federal stimulus is a boon for the economy in the short term, it will not solve all of the city's financial woes. They're setting themselves up for the next package. San Francisco's ultimate recovery heavily depends on how quickly parts of the local economy bounce back. I've got an idea. Why don't you open up your frickin' businesses? From tourists visiting the city to employees returning to downtown offices, California as a whole will receive a $42.3 billion bailout. In total, Biden's stimulus includes $350 billion in aid for the state's design 
to replenish lost tax revenue that decreased as a result of the pandemic. So states can keep core services alive. Of the 10 states receiving the most stimulus funds, six voted for Biden and four for Trump. Though generally speaking, more populous states tend to vote Democrat, more lightly populated states vote Republican. Overall, 60.4% of the funds will go towards states that voted for Biden in November and the rest to Trump states. Those same states would have received 56% of the relief dollars if state bailouts were doled out the same way. They were under Trump Cares Act. And here's what it comes down to, and it's pretty simple. We have become the bailout for not only banks and airlines, real estate agencies, car companies, foreign companies and subsidies, and foreign countries. We are now bailing out fellow states. So now not only do we have federal tax, we have state tax and other state tax. Folks, who's going to pay for this? $1.9 trillion, and we just did another bailout for $2.3 trillion. Folks, we are well over $31 trillion in debt if this passes. I don't need $1,400 that badly because I'm ultimately going to have to pay another $2,000 in taxes. That is a shark loan. That is like mafia. Well, my cousin Vinny's going to come over and break your legs type of loan. Sleeping with the fishes, see? That's, I could get better freaking odds from Joey Buttafuoco down the road at 20 points a week. Do people think we have a surplus? We are a deficit. We don't have any cash. Where's this money coming from? And when we get this loan called out, who's going to buy it? You? Me? No, because our money isn't real. The average American owes well over $186,000 to the national debt. Do you have $186,000 in the bank? Then you don't have any money in the bank. And until you have $186,000 cash, anything over that is then gravy until 10 minutes passes by and then it's all gone again. We are on a borrowed system with borrowed time. And China is buying up our debt at a rapid rate, and so is Saudi Arabia. And how are they buying it? With property and foreclosures on the east and west coast. And wait till they start buying the south. And if the borders continue to do that, properties will continue to deplete. And when these properties devalue and deplete, you better believe that other companies across the sea are going to come in and buy property next to the border. And they don't care what the living conditions are. They only want the oil. And they want the through fare. But that is the one thing that has protected Texas and the border states, is strong economy. New Mexico doesn't have an economy. Arizona is dwindling, and they're starting to move Democrat. And Texas, without the borders, with the unrampant flood coming in from El Paso and going into the border states, you will see these impoverished areas become even more impoverished, even though they were thriving under Donald Trump. But these policies have been lifted, and the wall is being stopped production. And there is a crisis on the border. Compared to two years ago, there are 5,000 more children in captivity. And then 3,500 between the ages of 12 and I think 15. And 15 and 17, almost 5,300. That's almost 8,000 kids. But we were absolutely at rate with 500. Where's the outrage? Where's the frustration? But see, this is what the Democrats do. I haven't heard anything from my friends who... We're so glim and just glub about 
Joe Biden beat Donald Trump and he's going to be amazing. Where are you now? Are you proud? Are you honored? Are you represented? No, you basically took Trump out and he doesn't say mean things anymore. Congratulations that you can get a moment's peace. But our country is going to crap down the proverbial bucket of shit and downhill. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. The only thing you can do to stop it is to stop voting liberal and Democrat. And I'm not saying Republicans are the answer. I'm just saying they're not the problem. You have a very large decision make in the next two years. Wait till they start coming after your guns. Wait till free speech continues to get pushed. Facebook is still blocking advertisement. Books are being banned. Our culture and our history and things are changing. And we hear it all the time. Oh, white boy, just be quiet about You don't need Dr. Seuss. You're right. I don't need Dr. Seuss. But maybe one day I'll want to read the Bible. Maybe I'll want to read the Bill of Rights. Maybe I'll actually want to read something by Stalin and Lenin. But then I'm pretty sure I never will. But if we keep going the way we are, those are the only books that are going to be around because the socialist communist assholes are taking over our country. And we have a job to do, which is to vote them out and get them out. We had a man who was going to clean the swamp in the second term. But we didn't want that. We wanted the same grab-ass politics that we've seen from every single Democrat. And this is what we're going to get. When are we going to wake up? When are we going to realize that you are not represented by liberals? And you may not be represented by conservatives. Then do something about it. Get out. Vote local. Become a sheriff. Get on the city council. Go be a librarian. Do anything you can to influence the shadow around you. And if every single person who is listening to shows like this get out and make an impact locally, that is the only way to change the federal government. I've said it before, there are no more Kennedys on either side. We need good people. We need people who are smart, who are articulate, and not afraid to challenge these fat cats that are supposed to represent us, but the only thing they represent are the banks and whatever political action committee lines their pockets. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I appreciate you stopping by 41 minutes. It was great to be here. Great to see you. Great to talk to you. And I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you so much. I will be back tomorrow for episode 116. But before I leave and say goodnight, please do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe right here on Facebook, on tw- uh, not Twitter, on Instagram. Go over to my website, which will have a remodeled look and be absolutely fantastic. It'll be done hopefully this weekend. I want you to stop by. We've also renamed the second season, changed the graphics up, so you're going to see that at the end. You're also going to see that on our post. Never fear, same show, same content, just a different graphic. Something that's always the same is the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. 22 veterans a day are committing suicide. It is way too many. We need your help. Please take the time, reach out to a veteran. If you recognize these signs, they need your help. Make that phone call. And if you can't, call me. I'll do it with you. And if that doesn't work, you can go to www.donutfriendme.com. Click on the VCL link and you'll be connected to a VCL operator live and absolutely free. And lastly, if you are a civilian, they will help you as also. You don't need to be a veteran. Anybody who's looking for help will get it. Folks, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the advertising bit. I think it's extremely funny. Joe Biden needs to do a better job. Enough of the executive orders. And this coronavirus relief bill is the absolute antithesis of relief. It has created more debt for our children and taken away from our retirements. Our taxes are going to go up. 
Remember all the people that said gas wasn't going to go up? It's now up about 72 cents since he took office, and it is going to continue as he puts restrictions on free trade from the U.S. and the southern Gulf states and allows and purchases oil from the Middle East. Why? Because this is what Democrats do. Appease the world, give them all the money that we have, and we'll be peace and prosperous until one of the crazy bastards gets 17 other crazy bastards and drives two planes into the World Trade Center. Have a wonderful night, folks. I will see you tomorrow.